This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hey guys, it's Scott Pinyard, head coach of This Naked Mind, and I am back for another edition of Coaching Questions. So I've dipped into the questions that get sent to us all the time, and I've picked out four awesome ones that I want to answer for you today. I'm going to jump right in. Question number one. I feel like I have a split personality when it comes to alcohol. On one hand, I get excited about the freedom of being alcohol-free. But on the other hand, I get major FOMO, and that's fear of missing out, uh, when I think about never drinking again in certain situations. Did you experience this? And does it go away after you've gone through enough experiences to realize you don't need or miss it? Um, What a fantastic question, and oh yes, did I experience it. Um, And it makes perfect sense, right? You know, we are in a society that has a lot of alcohol. So, you know, at certain events, you think of, I'm sure you could write a huge list, right? But the events that I like to list the most are, you know, weddings and parties and baseball games and getting together with friends, right? There are so many of our social events and cultural events um, that alcohol is connected to. Um, and it's the message that we've been given over and over that you know, when you're an adult, um, this is how you have fun, right? You're gonna go to a concert, you're gonna buy a few beers, you're gonna go to a ball game, you're gonna sit there and drink a couple Coors Lights. Um, that's the message we're all given. And so what happens is when we consider taking that away, Part of us is saying, wait a minute, but I'm not really going to experience this, right? I'm not really going to be part of the group. Um, And that's where the fear of missing out comes from. I remember very acutely experiencing this uh, the first time I had to go to a business sort of mixer um, at a bar uh, when I first quit drinking. I was terrified. Right, I was scared about how I was gonna do, and I was really scared about the fact that everyone else in this room was gonna have a good time, and I wasn't, right? That I was gonna be missing out on some key element. Um, and the reality was, you know, I went, and I had a great time, right? Once I was able to get past that fear, once I was able to start experiencing the event without alcohol and realizing, oh wait, this really isn't that bad, or frankly, that much different, um, I started to have a much better time. So yes, fear of missing out is very common, um, and it can feel intense at first, and that's okay, right? But the reality is that it does go away, and it's your second question there um, that where you hit the nail on the head, which is, you know, does this go away after you've gone through enough experiences to realize you don't need or miss it? The answer is yes, right? It's like anything else. When we expose ourselves to the situation without alcohol, it feels a little strange at first. And then we have the event and then we go to another event again without alcohol. And it feels strange, but not as strange as the first time, right? And as time goes on, that just becomes the new normal. Um, Another example I can give you on this is I used to come home every day from work. And the first thing I did was I poured a drink. Very first thing, as soon as I came in the door. The idea of coming home from work and not pouring a drink um, was scary to me, right? I had all these questions in my head about how was I going to relax? How was I going to unwind from the day, right? How is this going to change my routine? 
But the reality of it is, once you expose yourself to it a few times, it just becomes a normal. And now, the idea of coming home from work and pouring a drink seems so foreign to me, right? And this can happen fairly quickly. It's just a matter of how often you're in that situation that you're afraid of missing out on. Um, the last thing I'll talk about is a concept called cognitive dissonance. Um, and that's part of part of what you feel when you do this. So, you know, there's this idea of, wow, I really don't want to drink on one hand, and then, man, I do want to drink, right? Or I'm going to be missing out, or there's reasons to drink on the other hand, right? And this cranks up the stress on us, and it can feel like we have a split personality, like you mentioned. The way to get clarity on that is to go to the event and make one choice or the other, right? You can't go to an event and not drink and drink at the same time, right? Either you do it or you don't. Um, and it's really amazing what you discover when you choose not to drink. One of my favorite exercises for people to do is go and watch others who are drinking. I love this because, you know, we very often have this idea that Oh, when people drink, they get happier and they seem to have fun, right? That's what a lot of FOMO is about, is I'm going to be missing out on that fun. But if you go to a function and you pay close attention, right? Don't drink and pay close attention to what happens to people. You're going to be very surprised, right? Even after the first round, which if you are drinking as much as I was, I thought, ah, oh, that first drink doesn't even affect me, right? Um, but you will see people change. You'll see their posture kind of change, right? They might be a little more relaxed. Their face is going to change. Their speech starts changing. Um, all of these things start happening and you realize, wait a minute, maybe this isn't what it was cracked up to be. So observing people who drink can be a very, very powerful way of figuring out, are you actually missing out on things? Um, and, you know, this fear comes from our conditioned social experience, right? We're raised in a culture where alcohol is everywhere. It's supposed to be at birthday parties and weddings and funerals and ball games and business events and the list goes on and on. Very often this fear is driven by an idea, by a subconscious belief that you need to have alcohol to have fun or you need to have alcohol to enjoy this event. And one of the things we do at This Naked Mind is we work on those subconscious beliefs. We give you tools to actually dig into those, locate those and address them. It's not necessarily saying that beliefs are right or wrong. The question is, are do these beliefs suit me anymore? And is this a way I want to live? So if that is you and you are having FOMO, do not worry. Um, it does not last forever. And as time goes on, you're going to feel better and better being alcohol free. So I hope that helps with your question. Uh, question number two. Hi, Scott. I'm doing well, but changing a lot of my drinking triggers, but still with celebrating. Why do really happy occasions trigger my need for alcohol? I love this question because um, it really reflects something that, that I felt on my own journey and it took me a while to figure this out. Um, so let me tell you a little story of kind of how this works. So let's say you had just started drinking. For me, I started drinking when I was 18 years old. And I remember I was at college and I had the drink and uh, well, I started feeling a little bit more social, right? I was just out there, just getting to know people. Um, and all right, this kind of helped me get in the mood, I thought, right? Get in the mood to be at a party, get in the mood to meet new people, be silly, be fun, be engaging, right? And so this idea that drinking helped me loosen up kind of took hold for me. So then you fast forward a little bit and I had had a really rough day, some really hard exams. Uh, and I remember thinking on my walk home, man, I could really use a drink to just loosen up. 
So I had a drink and guess what? That, that helped me loosen up, right? I did feel less stress. I did feel uh, better about what had happened over that day. And so I now had another reason to drink. So if I wanted to be social and if I wanted to loosen up, well, then I remember going to a concert and thinking, man, I bet a drink would really help me get into the music more, right? And so you're getting the pattern, you're getting the idea, is that once alcohol becomes an answer for something, we will slowly make it the answer for other things. That's how it works. And so, you know, even though we might not want to drink, in those situations, we'll still have the desire to drink. And the reason for that is that we get used to muting our emotions. So alcohol numbs your emotions, right? We numb our stress. We numb our anger, maybe, or being let down or being hurt. The problem with that comes in that you can't selectively numb, right? So you can't only drink just to deal with this one stressful feeling. It's going to numb a bunch of other feelings as well. And so what happens is as when we combine these two concepts, the idea of drinking because we've had a bad day or because we're stressed out and the idea that we can't selectively numb, as we start having more reasons for drinking, we start numbing more feelings. And then comes the time that we quit. And we quit drinking and we try to take a week off or a month off or a weekend off if you're me. Um, and it feels like our feelings are out of control, right? Things feel magnified. They feel so much bigger. And not just in the negative sense, right? It's the, the negative feelings feel more negative. The positive feelings feel more positive. And it's almost overwhelming. One of the things I like to compare it to is that scene in The Wizard of Oz when it goes from black and white to color. It felt like while we were still drinking, our uh, world was black and white. And then all of a sudden, the emotions just explode, right? And so positive emotions feel so much more positive, maybe even overwhelmingly so, and same thing with negative emotions. And so when it comes to this idea of celebrating, when we're in a room where people are very happy and excited and engaging, um, it can feel like a lot to us, especially when we're newly alcohol-free. That's just a function of the fact that we have been numbing and we can't selectively numb. So we've been numbing the lows and we've been numbing the highs. And so when it comes to a situation like this, it, it just feels like too much, right? So here's the thing. Over time, what's going to happen is you're going to readjust, right? You're going to get used to those highs and those lows, right? Those will become the new normal. But again, when you take away that numbing agent, um, everything seems crazy. Um, so couple of tips and things you can do here. First of all, if you're walking into a situation where you know there's going to be celebration, right? Maybe it's a, a party um, or a wedding, um, prepare yourself for it. Just be aware of the fact that like, hey, this is going to be emotional, right? This is going to be, um, this is going to be really celebratory. I'm probably going to cry, right? Whatever you want to tell yourself about it is fine. But being prepared can make a really big difference. Um, second, what I would recommend um, is have some other sort of thing to celebrate with, right? So maybe instead of dancing or instead of drinking, you can really go out there and dance, right? Go and enjoy yourself. Actually lean into the happiness because that will make a huge difference for you as you go through the experience. Um, so don't worry, right? These celebrations being a trigger for you, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means that you're adjusting to normal alcohol-free emotions and over time that levels out and you're going to feel great. <sighs> great. I love that question. Uh, let's see. Next up, 
being alcohol free has been so incredible for me, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't getting bored. I feel like there are so much awesomeness. There was so much awesomeness in the beginning. Now I just kind of feel whole hum. Am I doing this wrong? You know, it's so funny. I, I have a lot of people ask me like, am I doing this wrong? Right? Something either feels too hard or too easy, you know, and am I, am I engaging in the program? Right? And it's funny to me because there is no right or wrong, right? This entire process is about how you feel and how you think. Um, so when you run into a snag like this, which I'll address in a second, the question isn't, oh, well, I'm not following the step-by-step -step procedure. The question is, well, what do I think about this and what do I want to do about it? So when it comes to being alcohol-free and starting to get bored over time, that's a good thing. Right. And it's a good thing because you're beginning to acclimate to being alcohol free. And it's like anything else. Right. I like to compare it to getting a new car. Um, you know, you first get a new car. Actually, before you get the new car, you're really excited about it. I remember when I bought my last car, um, I had I had this really old Toyota. I mean, it was like 15 years old. It was running great. Um, but man, this new car, this new car had Bluetooth. This new car had um, air conditioning This work that worked. This new car had a sunroof. Like, And I was just so excited. And every time I got in my Toyota, I was dreaming about what that's going to be like, you know, next week when I pick up that new car. And the day was awesome, right? When I first went and I first bought the new car, I was super excited, right? I remember driving off the lot and windows down and it was, it was amazing. Fast forward like a week though, and it had just become normal. I mean, yeah, I liked my Bluetooth and yeah, it was great to be able to open the sunroof, but the reality was I just acclimated to it. Um, and it wasn't something that I was excited to drive. When I first got it, I literally would go to sleep at night, not waiting to go to work or not being able to wait to go to work the next day because I knew I was going to get in my car. Um, it didn't take very long before it was just no, a normal part of my day. And over time I was like, yeah, it's just a car. Right. And it's weird when you think about it, right? This level of excitement to just ho-hum as you put it. Um, so if that's you and you're feeling that way, it's really good news because what it means is that you're just adjusting to living alcohol free, right? This new exciting thing that maybe was maybe emotional or difficult for you, um, you've achieved it and now it's just a part of your life. And so I have a couple of ideas for you. First, um, and this is something that meant a lot to me over the first year of being alcohol free, is I regularly went back and I checked out, you know, if you did journals or anything like that, uh, I went back and I checked out my journal entries, right? I like to go back and see where I was a year ago and just reading the pain that I was experiencing and the difficulties I was having um, really made me appreciate so much more where I was. Right. And so that's something for you as well is to think back and reflect on your journey and just say, wow, like this has been this has been a big step for me. This has been a big deal. Um, so that's idea number one. Idea number two, which is also uh, incredibly um, satisfying, is, you know, look at your journey and say, wow, I just made this big change. Where else can I change? Right. What else is out there for me? And this is something I see all the time with people that quit drinking with this Naked Mind programs, right, is they end up in a situation where they just achieve something they didn't think they were ever going to achieve. And they start to look around their life and they're like, well, what else can I do? 
the cool thing about this Naked Mind is the process that we've given you and the tools that we've given you can work on a lot of different things. So maybe it's time to start working on something else, right? Maybe you're getting bored because you have something else you want to reach out and work on, some other sort of project, right? And some of the things I hear about regularly are, you know, starting a business or losing weight or engaging better with the community. There's all types of things. We all have these things. But if you feel like you're at a point where you're alcohol free and feeling great, and then it just becomes normal, that's a great sign that it's time maybe to look around for some other challenge to work on. Um, I know that when I had my one-on-one -on -one coaching business, we would run into this fairly regularly. You know, people would reach out to me about two, maybe three months after they quit drinking, and they're like, "Is this it?" Um, and my answer to them was always, "No, this is the beginning." Right? You took the first step, and now you've got so much more capacity and power to continue to change and build your life. So if you're beginning to feel that way, it might be a great time to sit down and say, "What else is out there that I want to take care of?" So anyway, great question. I get really passionate about uh, the idea of people taking their control of their lives back over alcohol and then making more changes as time goes on. There's so much potential and we really tend to realize it once we get on the other side of the bottle. Um, it's just an amazing time. So I hope, I hope that's helpful with your question. Uh, all right. I have one last question and it is this. During one period of five and a half years of sobriety, I was super judgmental of everyone else's patterns that they weren't addressing. Drinking, eating, living, etc. Although I was no longer thinking about drinking, I was super hard on myself with my own eating and exercise patterns. I was always working on myself and trying to control everyone and everything. I don't want to return to that place, and I feel like this underlying belief that I'll be like that, I be like I was before, stops me from getting started. Can you help me untangle this? Yeah. So it's a funny thing, you know, when we face some sort of challenge, um, we push and we try to grow and we try to change the way we think and the way we live to sort of match up with our expectations or our desires. Um, and then once we get through it, it's very easy to forget what that journey was like. And so once you get through it, it's easy to turn around and be like, well, yeah, if you want to stop drinking, just stop drinking. Or if you want to lose weight, just eat less and exercise more. Um, but the fact is that process can be much, much more complicated than simply doing the behaviors, right? What we do with this Naked Mind is we work, yes, on the behavior. And yes, the idea, if you come to us and say, I wanna quit drinking or I wanna control my drinking, right? That is the goal. But to get from A to B is eventually doing the behavior, but it's much more about our own internal mindset, right? And that, is where it sounds like some of these issues are stemming from. So what I would recommend in sort of untangling this is I would look at what those beliefs are that were underneath that. Very often when people quit drinking through the willpower method, um, and that's where you literally just, you know, stop drinking. Um, you don't worry about your thinking around it. Maybe you engage with some sort of outside support, but you don't deal with the underlying beliefs. You will, uh, you can maybe get through. It's very difficult to do, um, but a lot of people have done done it. Um, but the problem is you're still thinking the way that you were thinking when you were drinking, right? And so the idea, instead of saying, oh, wow, I changed the way I viewed myself and the world, 
and now I was able to quit drinking. Um, the idea was, well, I just pushed through and, and why can't you, right? And it's so it can be very, very easy to become judgmental. Um, so step one on this is, you know, recognizing what those underlying beliefs for you were right or are maybe you're still doing it you're still um find yourself you know either working on yourself or trying to control other people you know the question is what is it that you believe about yourself the other person or the world um that's making you act like that um i'll give you an example of one of my beliefs uh when it comes to this is i really believed and this honestly stopped me from quitting for a long time i really believed that the way that you quit drinking was through strength you just dealt with it, right? You just sat there and if you got cranky, if you got angry, if you got sad, it didn't matter, right? You just grit your teeth and just push through it. Um, ultimately, for me, I had to let that belief go so that I could do other work on my thinking. And when I did that, a whole new world opened up to me. And this whole world was about the fact that, you know, our thoughts control how we act in the world, right? Our thoughts control our emotions and then our emotions really influence our behaviors. And it wasn't until I addressed those thoughts and it wasn't until I addressed those beliefs that I was able to recognize the patterns that were there. And I'll tell you, going through this process helps you develop a significant amount of empathy. Right? It helps you when you look at people who are struggling now, instead of saying, what is wrong with them? Right, Just muscle up and get through it. You start to see yourself in them. Right, You start to see your own journey and your own stumbling blocks in what other people are dealing with. Right. And so this process is going to absolutely help you do that. If you quit drinking with this naked mind, you're going to learn how to deal with those beliefs. And when you go through this, when you engage with those beliefs, when you change the way you think, you start to see in other people, wait a minute, this isn't a matter of being weak. This isn't a matter of making poor decisions. This is a matter of changing your thinking, right? And changing your perspective on things. So my answer to you is for untangling it, yes, over time, what's gonna happen is as you go through this and you use the tools that we give you in our programs, you're going to be able to untangle yourself from where you are with alcohol, but you're also really gonna be looking outwardly and it's gonna become very apparent to you that other people who are struggling with the same things or different things um, are going to be encountering the same mindset things that you're learning to deal with. Um, so that is just kind of how part of this works. What I will say is if you start to feel those feelings, and this is absolutely true for me, um, you know, I've had times where I've had the same thing, like why doesn't she just do it? Right? Or why doesn't he just go whatever, apply for another job or, um, maybe leave that relationship or do any of these big changes. Um, when I start to feel that frustration, I look inward, right? And I try to see, you know, what are the beliefs that I had, right? I've been in situations where I've had to end relationships, right? I've been in situations where I had to quit drinking and I knew it for a long time. Why didn't I do it, right? And when I start looking at that, I start seeing this commonality between me and someone else. Um, and it doesn't have to do with just drinking, it's with anything. Um, and that exercise is so enlightening um, because not only do we recognize the fact that other people are struggling with the same thing we did, but the fact that, you know, we're not that different at the end of the day, right? That fears 
are holding a lot of us back in a lot of different areas. So if you can find that fear, um, you can not only develop some empathy for them, um, but you can also maybe, if it's appropriate, talk to them and help them out. Um, but that's such a fantastic question. I, I love it. Thank you for sending that in. Well, that's it for me, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this month's coaching podcast episode. I will be back next month with some more questions. So until then, take care. Are you ready for a deep dive and truly lasting change? If so, you might consider my intensive program. It's a nine-week self-led program that you can do in the complete comfort of your own home, and it will truly transform your relationship with alcohol. If you want to learn more about this, go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash intensive. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.